it's the last week of our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series. And rather than another sermon, uh, Pankford and I thought we would do something a little different. It's kind of a potpourri day today. It's a, it's a way to wrap up the whole series. We're going to share some, some of the big quotes, some of the stuff that I've seen shared around Facebook, some of the stuff that, that you guys say that has really struck you. We're going to do that. We're going to answer some frequently asked questions that we've heard, and I'm going to be really honest with all of you. I have one goal for today, one goal, that if you are not signed up for the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course that starts in a week, that today, with the information you hear, with the stories you hear from some testimonies, that you will give God space in your life to draw you into this class and to say yes and sign up. There you go. That, so if, if, that, that's our goal for today. But to give you this bigger picture of where this emotionally healthy spirituality, which you'll hear us refer to it as EHS or even just EH, where this all fits into the life of River Life. So I thought we'd start off with this series. This series has had some great quotes along with it. Every week, these quotable quotes, and I see you take pictures of them, share them on Facebook. And so I, I collected up the 15 best quotes out of this series. And they're actually up on Facebook right now. We, we created cool little shareable graphics. They're up there. You can grab your favorite one. And share it to your friends to say, this is what we're learning in church. This is what, what my relationship with God is all about these days. And then it's even in your, your bulletin. Did you know we have a bulletin? Every Sunday, you, you, it's riverlifemn.com slash bulletin. It's also in the app. We have, a whole, we have a little slideshow there of these 15 quotes. I thought I'd share a few of my favorites with you to kick us off here this morning. So first and foremost is... The, the quote that this entire series, this entire idea of emotionally healthy spirituality is based on, and it's this. It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It is impossible. What else? Here, here was another one. This was from the first week, and this was actually my favorite quote coming from the first week, and it came out of the book that this series and our course is based off of. It's an anonymous quote from a church member in an Alliance church in New York, and it said this. I was a Christian for 22 years, but instead of being a 22-year-old Christian, I was a one-year-old Christian 22 times. I just kept doing the same things over and over again. Come on, how many of us haven't felt like that? Just being a one, two, three-year-old Christian over and over and over again. And then in week two, we started talking, talking about how can we have a life with God? And you heard, if you were here that week, you heard this advice. To develop your own personal relationship with Jesus. And don't just live off other people's spirituality. Don't just live off my spirituality don't just live off whoever you might, you might watch on YouTube or hear on the radio, the clips you watch on social. Don't live off other people's spirituality. Develop your own deep relationship with Jesus. Or there, there's this one on that same sermon that, that we talked about. Our activity for God can only come, can only properly flow out of a life with God. How many times do we do stuff for God without any life 
with God. It's one of the hardest things about being a pastor because I love doing things and doing things for God. But to nurture that life with God, that's a whole other ballgame. But that's how our life should be. Or there's this one. This is one of my favorite quotes out of this whole series that Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa's in your bones. We cannot escape our family legacies going back two to three generations. And out of that comes this idea that discipleship requires putting off the sinful patterns of our family of origin and relearning how to do life God's way in God's family. That's what life in church is about. It's relearning how to do life God's way in God's family. So one of the things I've already started saying around here, and you're going to hear it a lot more, is that's not how we do it in God's family. You know, how you talked with that person, how you're, how you're, how you're treating your family, your parents, your, your wife, your spouse, that's not how we do it in God's family. Because all of us have to relearn how we do it in God's family. And then lastly, lastly, from the famed theologian, Jay-Z. You can't heal what you don't, what you never reveal. True lyrics from him. The rest of the song I am not about to quote, because that is so not safe for church. (laughs) That one I will, though. So with that, I pass over to Pafo, and and we're going to kind of talk a little bit together, take turns here, and and now you get to hear a little bit about YEH. Thank you, Greg. So as the spiritual growth director here at River Life, it's part of my job to come up with uh, courses, uh, things, avenues, ways that can really encourage each of you to grow in your faith. And um, Greg and I were introduced to Emotionally Healthy Spirituality four years ago? Four years ago, when we were invited with the North Central District and several of the leaders in the district to go to New York, to actually go to the church where EHS was birthed and to participate in um, learning about the course, but also going through parts of it with the people there. And um, you should know that as a family therapist, I am all about people being emotionally healthy. And as a a pastoral team, we are all about people growing in their spirituality. Well, EHS brings those two together in a way that makes it easy, accessible for everyone. So you don't have to go to therapy Although I did overhear one of our life group leaders say after uh, our sessions on Sunday when we went through the course, uh, the leader said, well, it's like, it's like I get two hours of therapy every Sunday uh, after she leaves the session. So um, although it is not therapy, it will force you to look at deep stuff in yourself and your history. So that's part of the reason why EHS. Um, meeting with so many of you, getting to know you, walk with you in your lives, I know that it's hard. It's hard to live out your faith. Uh, You can know it in your head, 
but as you turn around and try to live with others, whether it's your roommate or your spouse or your children or your family, that you actually don't know how to live it out because so much of what you've learned is from your culture, your family of origin, and to actually disrupt those old patterns takes conscious effort. And part of what EHS does is that it helps you to sift through and to learn uh, new skills, but also to change your mind about the old patterns and to learn new ones. And as Greg said earlier, our goal is that we would be a church where we all learn what it means to be in the family of God. And we learn together using the word of God and allowing each other uh, to challenge, encourage, uh, and to grow together. So that, that is why we want to do EHS with all of you. Um, so much of the research, whether it's Barna or the Pew Research or some other secular uh, research organizations, what they generally find is that Christians, people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, look pretty much the same as people who say, I don't follow Jesus, I don't even believe in him. In other words, most of us don't live very differently than the rest of the people around us. And we should live differently. Uh, Jesus said that the world would know that he, Jesus, was sent from God, that he is the son of God, if we love one another. But if we don't live any differently than the world, the world will not see us loving any differently than they do. Um, so part of what we want to do is learn to love well. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, and that's part of what e EHS will do. EHS will require you to intentionally develop your own walk with God. EHS will provide you practical ways to do it. Uh, EHS will help you take the focus off other people and what they're doing and how they're not great Christians and look at yourself and what you're doing and ways that you are not able to love God and love others. So EHS is practical, and we believe that it will be a tool that can help us live out our mission to bring hope, healing, and growth to second and third generation here in the Twin Cities, but we're going to start here in our church. So why now? Why now in the particular history of River Life would we introduce something like EHS? Well, the best time for us to help children develop character and to learn truths that they're going to live out later on is when they're young. And so River Life, we're pretty young. I mean, we're starting our sixth year as a church, as a congregation, and it's a perfect time for us to now begin to talk about what kind of culture do we want to have here? Who do we want to be? And we want to be known as people who love God deeply and love others really well. And now is a perfect time for us to start that. And 
uh, as Greg said, we really want to take the whole church through this. And I'm going to invite a couple of our um, life group leaders and spouses of um, the ministry team members uh, to come up and share what they've been learning while they've been going through the EHS training. We call it the pilot uh, course. We've already, we're on our eighth week, so today, this Sunday at two o'clock, will be our final class for that group of 22 of us that went through it. Um, so I'd like to invite Lonnie, Pajar, and Pang to come up if you're here in this room, and you can share. I'm gonna ask them to share one to two minutes how has EHS impacted your life? Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Pajar, and one of my big takeaways from the EHS course was about generational sin. Um, so in one of the chapters, it was titled, Going Back in Order to Go Forward. Uh, we looked at how generational curses and blessings could really impact your family for two to four generations. Mm -hmm. And so during one of our classes, we actually um, did an exercise where we tried to identify what some of those blessings and curses were in our own families. And I was actually really eager to do this because I want to be freed from these curses. And so um, in looking at my mom's side, she's actually the only Christian. Um, and her mother... Um, comes has a really tragic story. So she was only 14 when she was kidnapped, or um, she, as Hmong people say, to marry my grandfather, and he was already in his 50s at this time. And she was, also, she was not his first wife or second wife, but she was actually his third wife. Um, so um, she actually um, always made it known to us that, um, one... Uh, she was kidnapped because she was very, very beautiful. right? And then, two, she never loved my grandpa. And this was not a life that she chose for herself. Um, so understanding this history, I knew that there were a lot of strongholds um, in my mother's, um, on my mother's side. And there was a lot of bitterness, pain, suffering that ran really deep. On my father's side, I always knew that my grandparents um, had been married multiple times and divorced multiple times before they married each other. And you could see um, this sin carried out throughout my aunts, um, uncles, and even my cousins' marriages, where many of them struggled with um, infidelity, um, divorce, and abuse. And so um, I even have an uncle who was married five times, six times. Um, I don't know. He might still be going. I don't know. Um, but for me, that really just showed that there's so much brokenness on my father's side. And there was a lack of um, value of the sanctity of marriage and or that um, the enemy tried really hard to destroy marriages and he was successful. So knowing these patterns of sin um, really brought clarity into what kinds of expectations and what 
kind of sin I brought into my own marriage. Um, and just practically speaking, that could be like giving up really easily whenever we argue, you know, with my, whenever my spouse and I argue, or wanting to run away um, whenever we would argue. Or it could be um, certain friendships that I have where I um, might be really bitter or hold on to grudges for a long time. These are things that were red flags for me that I knew I needed to be aware of. Um, so I've been praying fervently that these generational curses end with um, my generation and also my spouse's generation because he brings with him his own um, line of curses, right, through his generation, through his bloodline. So I've been really praying hard that these curses end with me and that they don't continue on to my children's generation. Um, so if this is something that maybe you've identified certain patterns in your family's history, or maybe you've never thought about it, but um, it's something that you want to consider, then I'd really um, recommend the EHS course so that you in turn could be free and um, your children as well. Thank you. So um, stuck, that's the word that I've never really used ever, but I've felt a lot um, over the past years. And um, when I say stuck, I feel stuck in so many different areas of my life. So um, in my high school days to college days to even now, I would feel stuck in family. So for instance, like sometimes I would question like, God, why did you put me in this family? There's so many conflicts, so many problems. Why? And I felt stuck. I felt like everything that I did in my family, I was never the fixer of my family, but I found myself in that role a lot. Um, in my marriage, I felt stuck. Like, why aren't we growing emotionally? Or, you know, um, I would question those things. Um, our debt, I would look and be like, oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> and um, I want nice things, but I'm stuck. Um, my health, and it was really hard for me to embrace my body. I felt stuck. Um, my friendships, I felt like we were just kind of doing the same thing but not growing. Um, my career, I felt like I was advancing, but then I would, like, get to a position and be like, oh, I don't enjoy it anymore. I feel stuck. Um, but most importantly, I would look at my walk with God, and that quote that um, Pastor Greg showed about being a Christian one-year-old Christian 22 times, like, that really hit me because I was like, I am not growing. Um, I felt like I was doing all the motions, but even looking at the iceberg, I felt like Jesus really didn't touch the 90% of my life and only the parts that I allowed him to. And so I felt really alone in this. I felt like the questions I started to have about my faith and church, especially in the last year, I feel like you know, my conversations with my husband, I was like, am I a Christian anymore? Like, I have questions about my faith. I have questions about why I do what I do because I felt so stuck and I was so sick and tired of being the same person um, that I really pushed people away. I pushed um, stepping down from life group away. I was just like, I'm done with people. I'm done with maybe church for a little bit, done with everything because I just felt like, it just was the same pattern all the time. And so I 
I could tell that some of my the people that I love in my life, they're like, Lonnie, you kind of say the same things over and over. You go through these seasons every year. They look a little different, but they're essentially rooted in the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated with myself. And so I knew that EHS came at a perfect time. Um, there was a chapter that I read that really hit me, and I wanted to read an excerpt of it because it um, gave me language that I didn't know I ne needed to hear. So this chapter is called um, Journey Through the Wall. For most of us, the wall appears through a crisis that turns our world upside down. It comes perhaps through a divorce, a job loss, the death of a close friend or family member, a cancer diagnosis, a disillusioning church experience, a betrayal, a shattered dream, a wayward child, a car accident, an inability to get pregnant, a deep desire to marry that feels that remains unfulfilled, a dryness or loss of joy in our relationship with God. We question ourselves, God, the church. We discover for the first time that our faith does not appear to work. We have more questions than answers as the very foundation of our faith feels like it is on the line. We don't know where God is, what he's doing, where he's going, how he's getting us there, or when this will be over. My wall included a number of events piling up one after the other. It began with a feeling of betrayal during a church split in our Spanish congregation. This was followed by a long-lasting depression and loss of motivation to serve Christ, a marital crisis, a careful look at my family, of how my family of origin had impacted who I was in the present. I had tried to go around, jump over, and then dig a hole under the wall. None succeeded. I finally went forward through it because the pain of staying where I felt was unbearable. And I think that um, that's exactly what I did, was bury holes, run around, and in my, in my season of feeling stuck, what I did was I hate tension, I hate pain, I hate conflict. So what I did was control my life and do so many different things to try to cover up and say, I'm doing great because I got a great new job, I have new friends, I have a new thing going on in my life, but really... I still was stuck at the end of the day, and I hated feeling that. And so EHS really has called me to something more and that I had to go through it. And so in the eight weeks, Saw and I have had really long conversations in the car after EHS that really dug into going through it. And I had a really good conversation with a friend who I pushed away for a long time because I didn't want to go through tension but it was really, really freeing for me. And I think God is going to still continue to do more that I don't want him to do, but I really need him to do. And so, um, yes, signing up for EHS. If you feel stuck, it's amazing what God can do to give you language and ways to process um, the stuckness that you feel. So thank you. Thank you, Lonnie. I think the beauty of testimonies for me is that it reminds me where the presence of God is and who he is. And so thank you for those testimonies. My name is Pang. I am, today is the last day of EHS training for me. And I have three big takeaways. They are going to be different from yours. It may be similar. You might have five. 
You might have 10. These are my three. Um, immediately in the book, it approached the book and the author addressed the difference between being with God and doing for God. I'm the oldest daughter of seven siblings, and so I'm familiar with doing. I'm unfamiliar with being. And the book asked me, the author asked me, God asked me, when am I going to give time to be with God? And I had to ask that for myself. And so I've been in practice of being with God. And a big part of that is letting go of control, um, which has been challenging for me, but it has been humbling. So that's my takeaway, is being with God versus doing for God. My second big takeaway, um, early on, the author says that my well-being is my gift to the world. And I had to ask myself, how am I being well? Because that is what I'm giving to every single one of you. And I had to have some honest conversations with myself and with God about my well-being. How was I doing relationally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically? And, um, and I do. I, my, I want to be a gift to you all. I think my third takeaway was I knew that um, my well-being not only would be a gift to you all, but it would be a gift to children. And at River Life, we talk about how our mission is hope, healing, and growth to second and third generation Hmong. And here's the thing. If we are not conscious, adults, I just turned 34, if we are not conscious of what we are saying and what we are doing, we will essentially imprint to the third generation the beauty of who we are, but the pains of who we are. And I think that was my third takeaway, and it resonates with what Pajar said. I, I don't have any biological children, but I have nieces and nephews who I love dearly. And your children and grandchildren that are downstairs and over there in the nursery, I imprint onto them who I am. And so I have to ask myself, who am I? And am I well? And what emotionally healthy spirituality did for me was it asked me to pause and think about what has been imprinted, who has impacted me, and what do I need to be aware of as I love my nieces, my nephews, my younger siblings, and myself. And so I urge you all to do this. And our children and their children's children will reap the blessings of our well-being. Thank you. Well, now, over the last few weeks, before and I have heard a lot of questions from you out in the lobby, online, and so we just thought we'd hit some of the more common ones. Um, so one of them people ask is, what's the format? Well, the format is table discussions. We'll have tables of five people, four uh, participants, and one table leader. They'll be, it'll be here in the sanctuary, 
And it's a combination of video teaching up on the screen and lots and lots of discussion time. Workbook that comes with the three books that you purchase. And the workbook is what we'll go through in our sessions here on site. Um, the table leaders are the ministry team leaders and the life group leaders who have gone through the eight weeks already, and that's ending today. So they will be uh, at the tables facilitating the conversations and caring for those of you who are at the table. Um, also, you, you see that's our church phone number up there. If you've got a question right now that you want us to squeeze in here, go ahead and text it to us. It'll pop up on my phone, and we'll do our best to answer ones that you have even in your head right now. The next question that we get asked is, what does the $30 cover? The $30 is for the three books that are required. One book is the textbook that we read, that you read throughout the week. Um, and you read the week ahead so that when we come on Sunday, you've already read it and we discuss it. One is the workbook that you actually write in uh, when we're together, and it has all the discussion questions. And then the third book is the what we would see as a devotional. It's called the day-by-day, day, where um, there are devotionals for two, two times a day that you would do. Uh, another question that's come up is, what if you can't take it right now? What if your work schedule just doesn't allow it? You have, you have to rush off to work on Sundays and you work Tuesday nights. That's okay. We're going to be offering this class again uh, in the the winter, spring. We're still working on the timing, but February, March, sometime around there, we're going to be doing this, this class again. Um, so there'll be other opportunities to take this. If you can't take it now, that's okay. If you sign up for a Sunday afternoon, 2 to 4, and you miss one or two of those days, you can make it up on the Tuesday night, um, the following Tuesday night, because we'll cover that same uh, session. Yep, that was just a question texted in. So, yeah, so if you're in the Sunday, you can come to the Tuesday to make up the class. You can certainly make up the readings as well. Um, so there you go. Okay, let's see. Let's hit another one from online. Let's see. If married, do we work together in EHS or, or with our spouse or independently? We definitely encourage married couples to be at the same table together. Fundamentally, EHS is about individual work. It's about you and your relationship with God. But as any married person knows, all that is wonderful and all that is horrible about you is a part of your marriage. So we absolutely encourage married couples to continue. Have those long conversations on the drive. Talk about it. Do the devotionals together. Uh, some people love doing the devotion. Some couples do the devotionals together. Some do them independently. But yes, this is definitely something that can become a part of your marriage language and marriage conversation. When you come together as, at the tables, you're, you're basically your small group. Um, having your spouse there means that everything that you're going to be sharing, they, they hear, and then you get to hear what they're learning, so then you don't have to repeat it back at home. Uh, so that's why we encourage couples to take it together. But if you don't, and one of you is on Sunday and the other one's on Tuesday because of work schedules, you can still talk about it. Um, outside the group. Here we go. Here's a little bit, little bit of lightning round. Will the four people in the group be the same every week? Yes. That is going to be something we, we consistently do because then you, you, get, you build trust. You get to know each other. You get to know some new friends around River Life. So, yes, the folks can, can, will be the same. 
Uh, can I get the books in audiobook? Yes. There, you have to buy that one yourself. We offer you can buy the print books or the e-books when you register online, and that's at riverlifemn.com slash EHS. Um, if you want to get the audiobook, like I got the audiobook, so I just bought it myself. It was totally worth it. If you have an Audible subscription, use one of your credits, and you can find the audiobook on Amazon. It's a different um, publication. It's the previous uh, edition. So yes. the audio is a little different from the textbook. You can still use it, but just know that. And we'll have a, a little, because some of the chapters are different, so we'll have a little chart for those who, who like the audiobooks like I do. Then we'll have a little conversion, like ch chapter two is actually chapter four, chap like that. Let's see. Um, uh, if you're a married couple, can, can we pay for one set of reading materials or two workbooks? We, we really encourage you to get your own. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a $30 pack. Partly, one is, uh, so you, ha you absolutely have your own workbook. But two, also your own devotional, certainly. Um, if, if this is a desire, because things are tight, we need to save a little money, you know, we have scholarships available. Please come talk to us. Do not let money be an obstacle to prevent you from taking this class. You can also email, um, when you sign up, there's, you can email either, what's my email for the EHS? Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, at, at uh, riverlifemn.com or greg at riverlifemn.com yeah. or just, info, anything. Just yeah, send it just, to us. It'll get to just us. Just say, I need scholarships. Yep. And then I'll send you a code. Uh, how does this tie into to River Life membership? Glad you asked. So we will be introducing membership next year. You'll hear me start talking about it in January of next year. We'll start doing a membership class later on. And, and so you hear a lot more later. But this course will actually be a requirement for membership at River Life because we believe in this so much. This will become part of our fundamental DNA. Um, we're going to make it a mandatory requirement for anyone who wants to become a member at River Life will be this class. Uh, will there be babysitters? So babysitting is provided for children three years to fifth grade on Sundays. Tuesdays, there won't be any um, child care right now. Currently, we only have six people signed up on Tuesday night. Uh, the majority, we currently have 42 people signed up. And the majority of those, as you can see, are for Sunday. So we... we Due to volunteer restrictions or the number of uh, child care providers we would need, we just are going to provide it on Sundays. And then, will there be snacks? Absolutely. How can we not have <laughs> snacks? Yeah. And snacks for the little ones and snacks for the big ones. You bet there will be. And then lastly, if we register after church today, uh, Will we get the materials today? We, so we ordered 45 books. We've got 42 people registered. One more came in. So we'll, have, we'll still have two more books. If you, if you register, like you take out your phone right now and just register, you can get one of those last couple that we have. We're going to be placing another order in a couple more days with a few more people having registered. But there are two more sets of books out there. Get on in this right now. You can, you can grab the books today. The deadline to register is Wednesday at midnight so that I have enough time to order and rush the, all the books to us by this weekend. Um, there is a reading for Sunday already, 
which is chapter one of the textbook. You got home, yeah, you got homework already. It's like that <laughs> prof who gives you homework before the first day of the class. You just hate, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but if you sign up uh, by Wednesday, you'll have the book by Sunday, and you can still come, and it will be totally okay. You, you, it's not like you have to have read the chapter. And if you want the e-books, we send you those codes immediately. Uh, lastly, one last here is, uh, has EHS been discussed with the youth? Yes, it is open to youth. Uh, and we don't have any youth signed up, but parents, if you want to talk with your youth, so uh, Tommy and Kong have talked about it. Um, so it is absolutely open for the youth. In fact, just driving over here this morning, we were talking, man, it'd be great if we had like a youth version of this, because this, it's some pretty heavy stuff. So we understand if your average 14-year-old might be a little intimidated by this. That's okay. Um, some of you might be wondering if you can invite your family members, friends uh, who don't go to River Life to come to this. I would definitely say yes. Invite them to come. Yes. Um, have them sign up. Uh, how can I make up a week if I'm out of town both Sunday and the Tuesday? You, yeah, you're out of town. Then talk to us. We'll figure out a way to kind of help get you caught up. We'll. You might get a one-on-one -on -one with me. That's right. <laughs> now you all are just skipping class just to do that. Um, one more. Should I get baptized before, during, or after the classes? I'll tell you when you get, thank you very much. That is a great question. I'll tell you when you can get baptized. October 20th, in service, we're doing baptisms. <laughs> yep, so you so you can get baptized during the class. We're also doing child dedications for all you new parents and for all you parents who would love a chance that you've never dedicated your kids and your family to God. We're gonna be doing that October 20th. Sign-ups are at the Connection Center or you can talk to me after service. There we go. They just keep coming in. Let's see. Um, can we bring infants and toddlers if there's no babysitting for them? Um, for this round, no. Um, because we have, again, childcare restrictions. But I'm not sure what we'll do in the spring or in the fall when we offer it again. And at that time, then we will probably figure out if there are multiple of you who need, let's say, the nursery open, then that's maybe the time we do it. Um, so I apologize for that for now, but please know that there will be other uh, availabilities in the future. Yep, okay. and then uh, yeah, what, one more here. What about the kids older than fifth grade who aren't in the class yet? What will they be doing during the class? Hanging out with their cousins, aunties and unky, uncles, somewhere else other than here. Okay, so yeah, you, you'll do that. Talk to some family members, talk to some friends, arrange some type of of care for the kids who are older than fifth grade but don't want to sign up for the class, participate in the class themselves. What we don't want to do, we don't want to have kids running around, and we want you, if, if you're a parent, we want you to be fully present 100% here. We don't want you to have to be like, ah, oh, what's that? Looking around. So fully present, um, there you go. So the big picture for EHS and using it as part of our membership uh, requirement is that we want to develop a culture where we have shared language, shared values, and shared practices so that when we talk about, uh, you know, hey, what are your expectations and have you verbalized it to that person? That's something that we will be learning together so that we can actually, all of us, be able to use the same uh, values and language. Um, EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, is the first course of two courses. The second course, which will be offered this time in 2020, so the fall of 2020, is called Emotionally Healthy Relationships.
you know, where we focus a lot on how do you relate to other people. Um, and so that will be the second class that will also be required for membership. Okay, so um, I'm gonna close this in some prayer. We, we've had five people register already just over the course of the day. So again, riverlifemn.com slash EHS. More information there, registration link there. Click, you can do it right all, all on your phone. So that, mean, that does mean we are out of books right now. <laughs> but we're gonna place a rush order within the next couple days to get them here, and we'll do our best to get books to you as quickly as possible, so you can be definitely have them by Sunday, not a problem at all. And if you do the eBooks, you can even get that as soon as we order it. All right, so I am excited for this. I am excited for you, and most importantly, I'm excited for a healthy church. And that's me kind of as my, in my pastor role. I want a healthy church. I, I, I can't imagine the day that River Life would be filled with drama and conflict and controlling elders and arrogant people. No, that is terrible. I want a wonderful, loving, forgiving, self-aware, Christ-reflecting, life-changing, neighborhood-blessing church. And this is one of the ways we do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the service in prayer. We're, we're going to wrap up here. Um, we're running a little late. We want to make sure to get you off on time. And so I'm going to pray for us, pray for all of you. Uh, if you have any questions, we've got a table out in the lobby. Pinfold will be out there. Um, if you've already signed up, we've got your books out there. Uh, and for everyone else, sign on up and get into a life and faith changing, transforming opportunity. Let's pray. God, you sent Jesus Christ to live and die on this earth so we could have a relationship with you. And you give us the challenge to be conformed to the image of Christ, to be transformed day by day to be more and more Christ-like. And, and I sit on behalf of everyone to say that's hard. We need your help. God, and this is one of those things that you have gifted us with to help us do that, to become more Christ-like, to have a deeper relationship with you. God, I pray for myself, Lord, that you can deepen my relationship with you. That you can continue to, to dive into the deeper parts of my iceberg and those who are taking the class and those who have already signed up. Lord, I pray for those who are on the fence. God, you can comfort them. Lord, you can let them know that your burden is light, that you are filled with grace and love and mercy. You are their rock and their refuge. That you are their peace in times of trouble. And you are their strength in times when they are weak. So God, let us be an emotionally healthy, spiritually deep-rooted congregation 
to make much of you and to glorify you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, the one whose life and death makes any and all of this possible. We pray in his name. Amen.